You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Welcome to another episode of Doing It For The Exposure, the show that needs top quality entertainers on zero budget. I'm your host, Mannequin Blue, and today's special guest is the Belle from Hell burlesque performer, Miss Memphis Shell. Hey. How are you doing today? I'm good, my dear. How are you? I'm, I'm very good. Did you like my little poem there for you? <laughs> yes, it was actually, that's beautiful. I'm going to write that down and keep it for myself. Yeah, well, I did take it from your bio, so it's all yours. <laughs> I was trying to give you some credit there. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to steal credit for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I'm not touchy about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Shell, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got into it? Yeah, no problem. So, I am a burlesque performer. And for anybody who doesn't know what burlesque performance is, it's like a type of variety performance and it can go from like comedy to like very provocative acts on stage. And it can and sometimes cannot have moments where you will take clothes off and reveal your beautiful bodies on stage. Brilliant. And how did you get into that? So like years ago, I've always had a fascination with it. And I suppose a lot of performers will always go back to the fact that they've seen like Dita Von Tees, who is just absolutely stunning looking. And I remember seeing her years ago and being obsessed with her because of the vintage style that she had. And then later on discovered, you know, why she was famous because she's this outrageously talented burlesque performer. So I kind of looked into it a little bit and I was very interested in it. But like that, I was kind of younger at the time. And I don't know if anybody knows, but I'm from Athlone, which is in West Mead in Ireland. And it's a very small town and, you know, stuff like that you just wouldn't see and you wouldn't even know how to get into it to start with. So I just kind of, you know, it was left as something I'd be like, oh, eventually someday I'll get to try that out. And it wasn't until years and years later. And it was actually, I think, yeah, I was like 32 and I decided that I needed to do burlesque really soon before gravity took hold of everything I had. <laughs> so yeah, while, while uh, basically my boobs were perky, I wanted to make sure that I did one thing I always wanted to do, and that was to do burlesque. So I actually just started looking into it and looking into the Irish burlesque scene. And I've, I think the first show... I had heard of different shows in Dublin and stuff like that, but the first show that I kind of found out about that was close enough to me was in Galway. And it was the Galway Burlesque Festival. And I contacted the Galway Burlesque Festival, asking them how would one get into doing burlesque. And I was actually talking to the beautiful Sheer Madness. And she was so nice. And she sent me like a list of things to do, like, you know, go to workshops, go to shows. At this stage, I had like, already kind of picked my name with no character built yet or anything like that and she was like just do these things and then work from there and that's what I did I kind of reached out up in Dublin to the Dublin Burlesque Festival and they had told me about workshops that were coming up so I went to those and I actually kind of had a flair for it 
So I was like, yeah, I'm totally going to do this. So I went for it and did a few workshops and then got, I was at one night and I was kind of celebrating the fact that I was like on the road to doing something I really wanted to do. And I had one too many drinks and was telling like a local DJ that I was, oh, I'm going to be a burlesque performer. You wait and see. I'm going to be amazing. And being intoxicated, I agreed to performing at a charity event, which was like a month from the day we were talking about it. And keep in mind, I'd never performed before, (laughs) but I actually agreed to perform at it. And then it was like two days later, the DJ contacted me and he was like, oh, I'm just sending you the details about the charity so you can start sharing this on your Facebook page. Like I had never done it before and I had signed up to do this charity and I did. And that was my first performance in my little town of Athlone in front of loads of people that I knew. And that show itself was, I think it was going to be whether I was going to stick with it or not, because I had never done it before. And I got up on the stage and I was so nervous and I was kind of like, oh, now my glove is off and now I have to take a stocking off. And then it was eventually down to, oh my God, my bra is going to come off now and people are going to see my tassel cover boobs and I don't know how this is going to go down or how I'm going to feel. But like that, everybody was so supportive. It was amazing. And when I was finished performing, I just got this amazing rush that I'd never gotten before. And I was like, okay, I need to look more into this and actually start doing this more. And I did. And that's how you have Memphis Shell at a charity gig. (laughs) Yeah, fair play to you because that's that's not an easy art form to get into. Like there's there ha- I'd say there has to be so much self-confidence involved and like you definitely have to have the support of people around you because it's just like you are literally bearing yourself. Yeah, I mean like support is definitely something that people need especially if they're going into like do what you said pun intended but you are bearing all on stage and having people support you and like all my friends were there they were so good about it my family knew I was doing it now they didn't come to see me because they were they're freaked about seeing me half naked on stage but yeah and even at the time my boyfriend now husband was super supportive he was there and said to me afterwards he was like you're a completely different person when you're on stage you know like the confidence and all of that whereas just the normal plain Jane Michelle that I am in my muggle life is quite opposite so I think as a burlesque performer you do need that alter ego and that Memphis Shell she's the one that goes up and does all that stuff yeah and I think that's the case with I don't want to say all burlesque performers but definitely a good amount of performers is that they do have this alter ego where they're you know this strong confident beautiful person on stage and then they get off stage and they're still beautiful but they're kind of more reserved and you know inside themselves and a little bit more awkward I suppose Oh yeah, it's like you get up on stage and you perform and it's absolutely amazing. And then you get off the stage and you're just looking for something like a nightgown to cover yourself. It's just like, I'm not as bad as I used to be. The burlesque community itself is actually very supportive. All the girls that are on the scene, they're so good to each other. Even when you're at gigs and you're backstage, if you're missing anything, you can be sure there's someone that's going to be there like probably Bella Curve that has some sort of box of tricks and if you forget anything the girls are there to help you out they're really really nice so I've actually gotten just a little bit more comfortable backstage where I'm not rooting for something or hiding behind something yeah no I think because from my experience like I've done a couple of shoots with burlesque performers and they're you know they're getting changed into their outfits and they're all chatting they're having a great time and I'm kind of standing in the corner behind a chair going don't look at me don't look at me (laughs) 
yeah i mean i <laughs> i totally get where you're coming from i remember the first like kind of official photo shoot i i would have had was actually with miss burlesque garland in 2016 and i remember going up and the photo shoot was actually the day after my first performance here in athlone so i went up to the photo shoot a little bit shook and went up i had thought it was going to be like i have these girls who were there that have been performing for like years and they're all just there and they're like trying on different bits of costumes and all that sort of stuff and i'm looking around for the changing room you know so it's like over time i suppose you get used to it but myself now i would have been very like oh no don't look at me yeah <laughs> but even just looking at like just following your journey in burlesque you kind of you were one of the ones who definitely jumped in at the deep end and do you think that was that was more, you know, because you'd put off for years saying, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, that maybe you needed that push to be like, okay, jump in, do a charity event, and then a competition, and then one after the other kind of thing? Yeah, like I, the competition was not something I was even thinking about at the time. I was literally like, oh, baby steps. But like that, I had done the workshops. And one of the workshops I did was actually with Azaria Starfire, who is the producer of Miss Burlesque Ireland. And she was there and we were doing like a fan workshop and she approached me and she said, oh, you know, have you heard of Miss Burlesque Ireland? And I was like, no, I haven't. And she was like, you definitely should apply. And I was like, I have never performed before in my life. And she was like, you have that look in your eye. You should definitely apply. And she was like, just send your application, go home, have a look at, you know, the, the website, send on your application and see what happens. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I did and I got through to the semi-finals, which rattled me because I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> so like that, I did. I, I threw myself in face first and I just went for it and I was kind of like hoping for the best. I just kind of, I, I feel looking back that by getting into Miss Burlesque Ireland in 2016, I just kind of met all the right people all at the right time. I just like kind of hit the ground running with like meeting all these performers and having all these new connections all of a sudden and you know all their wisdom being given to me that I absorbed like a sponge you know and yeah but it, it like my journey to where I am now has been like so much fun and strange but it's been fun. Well if it's not strange I don't think you're doing it right you know you have to have some stories. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was in 2016 so you've been performing since then. Yes, I have been performing since then. Like I, I had done the semi-finals for Miss Burlesque Ireland in 2016. And then I had gotten in through a wild card. So I actually got into the finals as well. But I was told like two weeks before the finals because the girl who had originally gotten the wild card actually had to drop out. And I was basically next in line points wise. So I was called and I had only like two acts that I had put together just for the semi-finals because I never thought I was going to get through to the finals. And I had two weeks to put together a new act, which was like a unique act for that show. And in two weeks, I had to have that done. But I got it done and I went on stage. I didn't fall. I was very happy with that. And it was great fun. Stressful, but it was great fun. Well, yeah, I think competitions in their very nature are, are quite stressful. But like you said, you do get all the perks. You get, you know, you get to know people, you learn things, you push yourself, which is kind of the trade-off for it. Yeah, I mean, like 
it really is stepping out of your comfort zone. Like I, I am not a dancer. I'm a performer, but I'm not a dancer. I've never done like drama or dance classes or anything like that. So a lot of it was figuring out what kind of performer I am. You look at the likes of like, say the beautiful Bonnie Boo, who is like a dance teacher. And you look at like Bella Curve, who is like a classically trained ballerina. And you're just like looking at these people going, oh my God, how am I supposed to compete with that? But the Memphis side of things seems to be slow, steady and stare people down is what I seem to do. <laughs> Intimidate the audience. Yeah, and it seems to work because they, they, they seem to enjoy it. I find it, actually when I'm in Memphis mode, it's like, especially for like photo shoots. And Rick Taylor will tell you this. It's like, I will not smile for a picture at all. It's always a stare down the lens. And it's actually gotten to a stage if I am having a photo shoot with Rick Taylor. And if I smile, he's like, Memphis, please don't smile. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this awkwardness that I get. It's like I have performed before and done a performance where it was like a little bit more upbeat and where I'd be smiling on the stage and my face physically starts twitching on my cheeks because it's like, what are you doing? You, like, stop smiling. This is not what you do. Just keep staring at people. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let people know you're enjoying this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So just to talk a bit about your style of burlesque, because I know there's lots of different styles. You know, there's classic, there's nerdlesque, there's kind of more dance and all that kind of stuff. But you would be, am I right in saying you would be more along the lines of horror burlesque? Yes, definitely. I suppose like I, my, my Neo for Miss Burlesque Ireland in 2016 was like a Bride of Frankenstein tribute performance where I was the Bride of Frankenstein and I had Frankenstein on stage trying to, you know, beat the monster out of me. And of course, you know, I didn't like that and ripped his heart out and that sort of thing. But like, I do like the Neo style, but I kind of tend to go towards like a classic burlesque routine and then kind of mix just a little bit of sexy horror in there for anybody who hasn't seen it my bloodlust routine which I had done for Miss Burlesque Ireland in 2018 it's like my costume is like all white and it's red rhinestones from like the front breast part of it right down to the bottom of the skirt and it's all done like it's blood flowing down so I do like to get like a horror theme kind of into any performance that I do kind of like a dark mood dark music dark costumes <laughs> so coming out white in Miss Burlesque Ireland shocked a lot of people <laughs> yeah and I think that's the because I've seen those pictures that that's kind of when I see that I go that is Memphis shell the white dress covered in blood kind of thing that's like definitive Memphis yeah it's like sheer madness actually made that costume the amazing queen that she is yeah we like we had an idea of like kind of what we wanted and Sheer was like why don't you wear white and I was like why would I wear white and she was like nobody will expect you to wear white and I was like that's true and then of course she settled me down by saying you know that white is originally a goth color and I was like okay well then I'm wearing white so um, <laughs> I'm in <laughs> I'm in I'm in throw the white dress on me it's fine but yeah she sent me like a few ideas and I had basically said to her just go with it you know what I like and you know you can show me the finished product and so she did and she basically said to me she pictured this as if I was ever going to get married this would be my wedding dress and this is what she envisioned me in to absolutely fantastic costume and like that anybody that sees it like they're just like that costume is so iconic it gets so much praise 
the performance gets a lot of praise, but it's mostly the costume. <laughs> ah, yes, but who's wearing the costume? Okay, right. Well, I'll take some sort of compliment. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the costume is gorgeous, but you know, it's it's the person wearing the costume. Like, you have to be able to sell it. Yeah, that's true. And it's like when I wear it, like you know, it's it's almost like I live and breathe the costume as as farty as that sounds but, <laughs> but yeah it's kind of like you, you embody your costume I suppose when you're wearing it so yeah I absolutely love it it's my favorite costume that I own and do you ever if you don't mind me asking do you ever just like take it out and wear it around the house I actually haven't I do take it out and look at it every now and then and just admire it and sometimes I'll go back and look at pictures of Miss Burlesque Ireland or even like the videos of it just to see the costume walk around the stage I'm just like I you know when you own something and you're like I can't believe that's mine it's yeah. like it's one of those it's like it's like my prized possession I'm just like but it's like properly stored away like I'm just so finicky about it I'm just like I'm afraid that anything will happen to it you know yeah I get you yeah that's fair like I have been minding it it did once get a little stain on the back of it and it was just like stage kittens rushing picking up stuff and they actually put my shoes on top of the back of the skirt and it just got a little kind of black stain on the back of it but a bit of vanish will take that off <laughs> good old vanish good old vanish and uh, needs a bit of a revamp anyways because like since i've done it in 2018 like what well i thought 2020 would be a good year but hey yeah for like a full year solid that acne all over ireland i even went to berlin with it so I think it needs a bit of a facelift now at this stage. It's, it's missing a few beats. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, speaking of isolation and that, because I, I know you used to actually run your own shows as well and isolation and lockdown has obviously affected that. So what have you been doing to kind of keep yourself taken over in the meantime? Well, I've actually been still working. My muggle job is I make medical devices and test medical devices. It sounds fancier than what it is, but that's what I do in my muggle job. And we were obviously essential. So I stayed working, but like that, like everybody else, when I wasn't at work, I was just kind of at home, either watching Netflix or eating my body weight in food. But yeah, I kind of just one day decided, yeah, I, I need to start talking to my burlesque people I miss them I miss this, this performance so much so I just started doing like Instagram lives which is called the Memphis Motel where I get Irish artists performers stage managers artists anything that Ireland has to offer talent wise I started interviewing people on Instagram lives and I started with the contestants for Miss Burlesque Ireland this year and Mr. Boylesque Ireland I was actually doing a good stretch of them there for a while and then kind of things got worse in the world and I was like I think I'm just going to need to take a little break so yeah I took a break for I think two weeks now so they should be back up and running I'd say in the next two weeks because I have loads of people waiting to have their interview with me where literally they just come on live and we just have a few drinks and talk about isolation and life I suppose as a performer at home and you know just doing other stuff I suppose you wouldn't have done before isolation <laughs> I've also taken up skating actually on roller skates I used to do it years ago obviously as a kid but like they were literally stuck to my feet all the time and it was something I really wanted to get back into I never had time and I just bought myself a pair and started back up again I haven't fallen yet and I'm very proud of that 
and yeah I'm getting there and eventually I suppose you'll see some really cool skilled videos on my Instagram account well that's actually that's a pretty good mix of like you've got your work you've got your play and then you've you've still got your creative performer space it's actually a a a great kind of mix of things to keep you going yeah I mean like if Bella Curve was on with us now she'd say that one is a sesh mop because I absolutely do love the sesh I really do I love having my out with my friends and I love going to shows. I love having a few drinks, but like my alcohol intake has been like so limited apart from when I'm doing the lives, but I wouldn't just decide to open like a bottle of wine at the weekend and feel like, Oh, you deserve this. You know, I nearly need to be on a live or chatting to somebody and have them drinking with me for to do, to do it because I'm so used to like having drinks in a social environment. It's never really at home, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I suppose doing like a lot of burlesque shows, they would mostly, if not almost exclusively, be in places that would, you know, serve alcohol. So probably having a few drinks backstage and having the chats and the whole camaraderie thing. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, I'm an adult and I know how much I can take before I go on stage. And it's normally just like a glass of wine. It would be two glasses of wine if I'm doing Bloodlust because Bloodlust is fairly raunchy. If anybody hasn't seen it, I hump the floor. So I need a little bit of courage for that. <laughs> so yeah, I'll always have like a, a little sip when I'm, uh, when I'm at shows and I am missing that so much. I'm a social butterfly. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fair. So for anybody listening at home, where is the best place to keep up to date with you or see your acts if you have any online? Probably my Instagram account. The content is a little bit confused at the moment because the world is confused at the moment. So I have been trying to keep people up to date with what I'm doing burlesque wise. And I suppose I've added my skating in there just because I love putting up stories and adding music. It makes me look cooler than what I am. (laughs) But yeah, there, I suppose, Facebook, you can find videos of me on YouTube, mostly through Miss Burlesque Ireland. Or the Dirty Circus. The Dirty Circus have a few videos up as well. Brilliant. And you have it mentioned here that you do stuff for the Dirty Circus and you've you've performed at Electric Picnic as well. Do you want to talk about that? Oh my God. The festivals of festivals and the sessions of sessions. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I don't know if you have seen the pictures that just went up in line after the Electric Picnic last year. It was like the Dirty Circus like that I would have worked with them a lot like I I owe an awful lot to them because they have brought me all over Ireland Tommy and Gemma they're the business they're so helpful and very trusting like Tommy could ring you and he could say to you oh I have this show and it's teamed in a certain way and it could be like we want bloodlust but could like you know could you do something else and I'd be kind of like um I don't know if I have anything else that would suit and then Tommy would be like I should just put something together. We trust you. And I'm like, oh, okay. So so we built up like a great relationship. I suppose they see me at Miss Burlesque Ireland one year. And then, yeah, we just built up this relationship where if they needed me, I was there and I loved performing with them. And then they like to joke and say that I'm such a diva, which actually means I'm not. I'm so non-phased by stuff. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. You know, I'll be there when I'll be there. Like I'm always on time. But I just don't panic and I don't demand for a lot when I'm there. So they were kind of like, would you like to join us at the electric picnic? And I actually couldn't believe my luck. 
So the first year I actually did the electric picnic with them was with Jerry Fish sideshow mm-hmm. that he has at his tent. And then last year there was a new tent that went up, which was the burlesque and cabaret tent. And I think that was in, was it Newtown or something it was called? So, you know, he was able to take a good few burlesque performers and cabaret performers and all sorts of performers with him. And we went down and just basically had our own little like electric picnic commune, like literally at the back of the tent we were performing in. It was absolutely amazing and it went really, really well. It was so well organized and we literally had the best time. Like Bonnie Boo was absolutely hilarious. If you're ever interviewing her, just ask her about the bucket that she had at the electric picnic. (laughs) I won't go into it. I'll let her talk about that. Yeah, it was so much fun and I really enjoyed it. It's definitely one of the highlights of like, say, my burlesque career. I know it's nothing mental. I don't do a full time or anything, but yeah, it was definitely, you know, besides Miss Burlesque Ireland and the Go Burlesque Festival, it's definitely one of my favorites, the Electric Picnic with all the Dirty Circus family. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Electric Picnic is one of those things where if you're a, an artist in Ireland, it's kind of like a rite of passage. If you haven't worked it at one point or another, it's kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I went down on like the Thursday night. And we were there like the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and we came home the Monday. And like, I was just a write-off and that was just from camping. It wasn't even from drinking. <laughs> I was like, I, like, I'd be killed by so many performers who are older than me for saying this, but I am so old. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm staying in a tent like a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I did it. I felt like fair girls. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I I totally get the feeling. I'm not one for camping at all. And I've done Electric Picnic twice now. The first time was for Jerry Fish and then the second time was for Just Eat. But the first time we went, we were staying, obviously we were there for body painting and we were staying in in the, it was like the performers campsite, the designated area. (laughs) Our tent the first Mm -hmm. year, it like pretty much rained the whole weekend, but our tent wasn't exactly set up for that kind of weather so we woke up one morning oh no and the, the now the tent was still standing in fairness it was still standing but some of the roof had kind of caved in and the front part so there was two sections of the tent so we were in the the back sleeping area and then there was kind of like a little hangout put your luggage there section but basically that <laughs> section had flooded and the, the woman I was staying with at the time she was a body painter but she was also an engineer so she got up straight away you know and put the put the, the roof back up and fixed everything and, and then I said okay what are we going to do about this massive puddle in the front and she just went yeah okay and she like picked up you know a bunch of cans and put it in and she was like there we go we've got a cooler now <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's brilliant <laughs> it's like it's amazing what like you'll actually think of and what you'll do when you're there like I actually remember Bonnie Boo getting up at the first morning we were there and it's like oh I'm going to head up to the performers area because we actually stayed literally behind our tent so she was heading up to the performer area to have a shower and when she went up there she was came back and she was like there is no way that we are actually getting into a shower anytime today so there was like this medical tent which was beside where we were staying and there was just like this tap at the side of it and it was cold very very cold water so I was like guys we could literally just use bottles and 
there was like a cubicle uh, or a portaloo like right beside it but I had one of those grates at the bottom that you know I suppose if anybody piddled on the ground it'd just go out into the ground rather than stepping all over it and I was like well you know we could just pass bottles of water into our to each other and rinse ourselves off so that's what we did we were very supportive and we filled the bottles for each other and had freezing cold showers but I swear to god it's the best shower I ever had I felt so awake obviously and I also washed my hair and my hair looked fantastic (laughs) well I mean they do say cold water is good for your hair (laughs) yeah icicle water (laughs) and like when you're at electric picnic and stuff you do you would kill for a shower like especially by Sunday you're just like I will kill somebody for a shower yeah I mean like it can get very gritty but like we did that every morning we got up we all just headed over with our towels and just stood beside this medic tent and just filling bottles of water and washing each other brilliant (laughs) it was a lovely bonding experience it was great (laughs) Uh, well I mean you know they do say that burlesque family and I, I, I suppose you've never been closer than after that well yeah I mean like yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to touch on? No, I think we've actually covered everything. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I think, I'm trying to remember what I actually said to you. I was going like, oh yeah, I said, I said these things. Let's talk about these things. <laughs> oh, well, actually, one thing we could do is just before we go is we, I don't think we promoted your burlesque shows in Athlone. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot. I am also a producer. (laughs) I always forget that. I always forget that. Yeah, I produce like the only burlesque show in the Midlands at the moment, I suppose. But yeah, I produce a show called Only After Dark. Obviously, we are not sure when we are coming back. You know, we can only go with the flow and what the government says. But we have a page on Instagram and we have a page on Facebook. And people can join that if they want to keep in touch with us and find out when we have our next show. I always get like beautiful Irish performers. I think it's very important to support our local performers. You know, it's kind of much the same as yourself with your podcast. Yes. You know, it's kind of like, you, you know, you don't want people to just like fade away because the fact that we're not on stage right now, you know, it's like, it's great to have other platforms to promote performers on. It's like, even when I seen that you were doing the podcast, I was like, this is a great idea we need more of this and congratulations to you oh well thank you very much and congratulations (laughs) to you as well because you know you're supporting Irish artists too and it's very important yeah thank you darling (laughs) (laughs) of course we're all in this together yes we really are aren't we (laughs) yeah so what we're gonna do as well is we're gonna put for anyone listening if you want to keep up with Memphis we're gonna put links to all of her Instagram and her uh, we'll do links to her burlesque show as well and as much stuff as possible and definitely go support her because she is also supporting other people which means that you will also be supporting other people which is amazing yes and that's the main thing to support each other yes absolutely so Memphis it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show it has been an absolute pleasure it's lovely to talk to all my sparkly friends I love my muggle friends, but I need some sparkle in my life sometimes. <laughs> yes. Good, good words to go by. We all need some more sparkle in our lives. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. But thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, darling. Stay creepy. <laughs>
<laughs> and as always, if you enjoyed this episode of Doing It For The Exposure and would like to hear more in the future, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at D-I-F-T-E Podcast. You can also check out our stream on nerdtoknowmedia.com. We stream weekly on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to a Nerd To Know Media production. 